0: Would you stand and listen for the word of the Lord? This morning from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, beginning in verse 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we, have, we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. So it was an ordinary day not too many days ago. I was walking through my house. I came around the corner, and my wife was standing there, and I jumped and gasped. Now, she's a beautiful woman, so it wasn't because of her appearance or countenance that scared me, but I was in my own thoughts. I was in my own world, and I was not aware that she was in that part of the house. So when I came around the corner and jumped and gasped, it was because I was so surprised that she was there. Maybe you have had that kind of experience where somebody was close and you did not know it, and it startled you. Sometimes someone is present and we are not aware of it. Sometimes that happens with God as well. Many of you, when I ask about your theological questions, put something similar to the title of the sermon today. Why don't I sense God in my life if God is always present well paul talks about this as he writes to the early christians in rome he uses the terms life in the flesh and life in the spirit he recognizes it's a struggle for us as physical beings what he calls living life in the flesh recognizing that god is at work Or how God works in our lives. In fact, Paul says all of creation is struggling to come to the full fruition of what God wants. But there is this struggle between the physical, where we are now, and what God intends for us to be. Or for us as humans living with God awareness all the time. Or what Paul calls life in the spirit. It is a common struggle for humans between these two things. But Paul says that the turning point is the coming of Christ. And in Christ, we are given the Spirit. Yet, he still recognizes that we still struggle and suffer. He calls it the first fruits of the Spirit, that we have a glimpse of what God intends and what God wants for us and the abundance that God promises. But we still struggle. He uses the image of birthing of a mother and labor and labor pains of of giving birth to a child he says all all creation is groaning trying to bring forth what god wants to be born and then where we began reading in verse 23 and he says and not only creation but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan While we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Paul is saying that we have a sense that God wants more for us. But since we struggle with understanding and experiencing all of that, we're groaning inwardly. We have pain as those things try to be brought forth by God. While we're searching for the power and the presence of God, Paul recognizes that we struggle with that throughout our lives, even if we're a follower of Christ, even if we've had an experience of God's presence before, Paul recognizes that 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 nearness of God can sort of wane and wax as sometimes we feel God is close and other times we do not feel it. It's a common experience for many people. And we know it's been a common experience throughout the ages. We have the Psalms from The Hebrew people, their great hymn book that expresses faith in so many beautiful ways. But one of the things it does sometimes more vividly than even the Christian scriptures is recognize this tension of when we are feeling out of sorts with God. Psalm 22 is one of those. In some of my devotional reading earlier this week, the exercise was to read through Psalm 22 several times. Do you remember that one? It starts like this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest or well, you heard it when we sang earlier psalm 42 as i was reading through this 22nd psalm it made me think of another one that is so vivid in its portrayal of this struggle psalm 13 it starts like this how long how long o lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me how long must i bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long oh it's a common struggle from the time of the ancient psalmist through the time of jesus all the way up to today where people really and truly struggle with the role of God in their lives and the presence of God with them. And they wonder and search, where is God? Where could God be? Why? Why is there such a struggle to recognize the presence of God? Such a struggle when we're feeling the absence or the nearness of God. There's so many reasons when I begin to think about this sermon I began to jot down a list of the reasons. I thought there's so many reasons why we might feel that I'm going to try to touch on several of them today the first one Perhaps the most obvious one is one could conclude that God really is absent or some say there is no God now that's not a very satisfying answer for most of us for people of faith to simply conclude that there is no God wipes out so much of the experience well it goes contrary to the major themes of all of the Bible of people of faith across the ages across cultures across continents have given us a vast and varied sharing of experiences with god sometimes close sometimes far away but to simply conclude that there is no god is not satisfying for most of us and yet there is a related experience the experience of people who still believe in god but since that god has withdrawn from them dr roberta Bondi is a retired United Methodist Seminary professor. I'm reading some of her work for the Academy for Spiritual Formation that I'm participating in. In one of her books, she tells the experience of a man, a friend of hers, who's going through this experience of feeling like somehow God is far away. She said he was really struggling with things at work. And then it was compounded when he began to have real struggles with his daughter at home Nothing seemed to be going well in his life. She said she could see him sleep slipping deeper and deeper into a depression. And as she would talk with him, he began to tell her that even though he had a regular daily practice of prayer, it had become all but torture to go to that place where he usually prayed. Because when he got there and called out for God, he felt there was no response. He felt the complete absence of God. And yet as he was sharing that with her and began to tell other people about this experience where it just seemed like God was absent, he said the strangest thing happened. He felt God speak to him and say to him, I have been with you your entire life. In fact, many times in your life I've carried you And I've tried to protect you from the childhood wounds that you carry that are so hurtful and are so deep in your heart. But now I've withdrawn from you because it's time for you to work on serious healing of those wounds. So I stand back so that you can do the work That needs to be done. Have you ever had that kind of experience? Where you felt like God is withdrawn from you? Well, this man is having it, but he says, "You know what? I began to more intentionally work on healing." I began to take some steps that I had not been willing to take before. And gradually, I began to heal. And over time, he said, I felt the presence of God coming near once again. I share that story with you because I think it highlights several of the reasons people sometimes feel the absence of God. One, because of the circumstances of their lives. Sometimes when we get into times of difficulty and struggle and suffering, it does not feel all cozy and warm. And that's the experience we've had of God before. So we determine that God is not present. A second reason might be our own woundedness. As that man had experienced, many of us have experienced either childhood wounds or wounds earlier in our life that were so painful that they distorted who we are, and in that distortion made it difficult for us to receive the love and the presence and the healing of God. Third might be because of his own sin, remembering that In theology, sin with a capital S refers to a state of separation, and sins with a lowercase s means those behaviors or acts that move us away from God. It's fairly common in my experience when I'm talking with people who have felt a distance from God that often they have made a series of decisions in their lives that have drawn them away from God. Now, we're not told in the story that Dr. Bondi tells us about what had happened with this man, that all this difficulty was coming together. But it's not uncommon for humans to make irresponsible and irrational decisions as we go through our lives and sometimes to make a series of decisions where we get to a point finally and look up and think God has abandoned us. But it's sometimes something we have done in our own right. Taking our own steps and our own free will and ending up in a place far away from God Fourth he He has simply become distracted. That is one possibility. Sometimes we focus so much on one arena of our lives That we're inattentive to other arenas often that including the arena of God and spiritual things And so we just totally miss That God is alive and working in our lives A fifth possibility is that his image of God, the image he has of God, has blocked him from experiencing God being present with him. If we think that God is only with us in good times, then it is hard to sense God's presence when life gets turbulent. And yet the claim of Christian faith is that God is precisely with us in the terrible horrible, awful times of life. Think about our Christian story in the Gospels. Certainly Jesus experienced great mental and physical anguish in his life. In those last days alone, his closest friends abandon him. Authorities treat him shamefully. He is mocked and tortured and beaten before being nailed on a cross to die. And as we read in Psalm 22 earlier, Matthew reminds us that on the very lips of Christ at that time was that 22nd Psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus is feeling abandoned in that moment. And yet, as Christians, we proclaim that God's love is being revealed to its fullest extent through this series of horrific events. Now, it's a more difficult image of God to grapple with, to believe that God allows suffering and yet is always with us in that suffering. And yet, if we're willing to grapple with that, theologians over the ages have testified to the fact that it deepens our view of God and helps us experience a greater fullness in terms of how God works in the world. And I dare say that many of us here today could testify that going through dark and difficult times were experiences when we felt most closely related to God or if not in the midst of that as we came through that experienced a greater intimacy with God because of it. Paul takes this one step further in our text this morning. He suggests that as we struggle, God is at work in ways we cannot comprehend. Back there in the 8th chapter, where we read earlier, verse 26, he writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. I want to tell you about what happened to me this week. I received an email from a woman that worships with us every week via television. She lives outside of the city of Tulsa, but lives here in the viewing area. And she wrote to me because she heard the sermon a couple of weeks ago about the prayer challenge. And Bob, the new Christian who really took prayer seriously and got excited and prayed for something. And over that time he was praying, some remarkable things began to happen to him and other people through him. She said that her husband had been going through some health problems, and she was great at praying for him, and he's come through. But then she said, I'm having some health problems of my own, and I'm finding it really hard to pray for myself. And having you invite us to pray every day for a specific issue that we were struggling with has really helped me focus my prayers for my own health. So that was great. I was glad to hear from her and get the feedback. But then she wrote something else. She said, by the way, I want you to know that I've been praying for you and your family every day for three years. This is a woman I do not really know. I certainly did not know that she was praying for me. And yet, she's been faithful and praying for me every day for three years. I began to weep as I set up my computer. Paul says the Spirit intercedes for us in ways that we do not comprehend or see. And I thought, God's Spirit has been interceding for me and for my family every day for three years. And I did not know. Now, I know pastors need prayers of the people, but somehow reading that from a person that I'm not well acquainted with brought that home to me in a deeper sense with a greater ferocity about the importance of our praying for each other and the power of prayer within the body of Christ, within God's family, reminded me that even when we sense that god is absent it may be our own lack of prayer practice but it may also be a lack of being in fellowship with others so that we are praying for each other i want to close and read this passage from romans again but this time i'm going to read it out of the message bible It's a translation in common English by Dr. Eugene Peterson. He says it so well. He writes, all around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pains. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within us we're also feeling the birth pangs. these sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother we are enlarged in the waiting we of course don't see what is enlarging us but the longer we wait the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy meanwhile the moment we get tired in the waiting god's spirit is right alongside helping us along if we don't know how or what to pray it doesn't matter He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Amen. And thanks be to God.